You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to Critical Hit, the major spoilers Dungeons and Dragons podcast. As we always say, so glad that you could join us this week. We've got Rodrigo and D&D Brian and Rob, and we've got Matthew all the way in another place. I'm still surprised people still think Matthew's in the room with us. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it's because of the immediacy and awesomeness of the me. <laughs> right. Well, I guess. <laughs> I was going to say, the considering the change in audio King. quality whenever you The man they call me. Anyway, we were fighting two old people, and they were kicking our asses last time, Rodrigo, so let's get back to it. All right. Who said they were old? Rodrigo? They're 50. Yes. They, they're in there. They're old. Oh, that's practically ancient. Well, the the guy's in his mid-50s, and I said that the, the lady was 10 like years, 10 years, 10 years younger. younger. So she's yeah, in so her she's, mid-40s. She's still ancient. She's, she's like 41, huh? Schleicher. Yeah, that's, yeah, that is old. You're right. <laughs> but Mason is old. <laughs> Mason's the oldest. God, I hope I never get that old. I'm gonna <laughs> so drive, do I. Drive my caddy off a cliff. <laughs> I'll be happy to help you with that. Dead man's curve. Anyway, oh, it's Moss' turn. What's the what's the thing on the immobilization? Is that a save ends? Nope. Okay, the end of your turn. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, she used up all of her range stuff, so she's just gonna sit there and stew. Well, thaw. <laughs> Since she probably uh, and and I do hate to uh, to call it into um. To, to bring up this image necessarily, but I think it fits. Um, since the power is Frost Flash, and I assume it's just like a bam kind of thing, and you're frozen, it she probably does look like that thing out of uh, what is it, Batman? Oh, Batman Forever. Or yeah, Batman, Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin is, is the one with Mister Freeze, Freeze, where you have like the guys like leaning back and just like the icicles pointing directly away from where the blast came. Nice. So not like that Tom and Jerry cartoon where they're skating and. They have I the jello. Yeah. Should we try to smash her? And I don't think it'll work. Why is everybody so... Oh, wow. <laughs> we have been on a murderous rampage for about three weeks now. Hey, I did nothing I'm on my turn. I'm trying to play a paladin over here. <laughs> That's right. 
Randus is channeling his energy positively. Anyway, <laughs> it's your turn, Brenzen. Hi, I'm Brenzen. I'll be your murderer today. Kill him! <laughs> kill them all, Brenzen. All right. So Pa is standing next to me. Well, he's uh, one he's, square away yeah. from you. Do you have pa a way is... to push him into the fire? Push him into the fire. Push him into the. F Why don't I push him onto my sword instead? Well, could you do both? Push your sword into him, and then push him off your sword into the fire. I don't know that I have any powers that allow me to go pushy, pushy. Oh, there's, there's, yeah. there's, yes, I do. Well, and that's ah! fine. But also from a um, from a strategy standpoint, also consider that maybe hitting him with a power that does uh, more than a d8 and also a d4 of damage might be also a good idea. Like even if you can't get him back onto the sphere, he's only going to take damage once per turn from it anyway. Yeah. And since Steven's probably just going to move the uh, sphere over yes. to him anyway, so before, before his him. turn, yeah. yeah. So you you just just go with whatever you you feel would work best in the situation, Matthew. <laughs> but I like pushing him into See, the fire. <laughs> this is always the way it works. It, you, I get like four really awesome ideas, and then they won't work. You can't like mix them up, and you can't right, figure right. them out, and you can't listen to Rob because we're <laughs> contractually obligated. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Thunder smite. All right. Have I thundersmited? Scooch up. I don't think so. I thunder something, but I didn't thunder smite. Right. Mmm. Mother pus bucket. Well, it's a crit, but. Oh. Not the good kind of crit. It's not the one we want. It's a one. He's gonna take a slash at you. No! Slash. Die. Um. Uh, that's going to be a uh, 23 versus AC. 23 versus AC negatory. Okay. It glances off of my awesome. Now, yep. wait, I want to wait a minute. I wanted to check a thing, a thing, a thing. Thunder Immediate reaction. Uh, nope, never mind. Hmm? Thunder smite an encounter or a daily? I don't know. Let's see. Thunder smite is an encounter standard. Okay. Yeah. So there's probably not sort of any sort of miss effect or anything. Nope. Uh, it doesn't have a miss effect, unfortunately. Or uh, the the one that I was going to use would have had a miss effect, but you know. C'est la vie. Correct. Okay, so I got that, and I got that, and I got the other thing. I still, I guess, have a minor. Yeah. Have I got any decent miners that would be awesome? Like, I, I think suppose I could challenge him again. Yes. Better, but he's already uh, challenged. He's already, yep. Yeah, the challenge but stays I, on there until you. Uh, don't attack or go up. Adjacent. Oh, I thought I had to hit him to challenge. Uh, no, you, you have you have a power, your uh, ardent strike, mm -hmm. that allows you to sanction him, which is the same as a challenge, except that it runs out quicker. The challenge is the one that where you have to keep in his face to maintain it. Ah. So, as so I as have to be adjacent to him at the end of the round, or have attacked him that turn. Yes, or have attacked him even if I didn't hit. Right. Yep. Which is good. So I got that going for me. So there's no sense in doing that. I got the other thing, and I don't really have any powers. Would it do me any good to shift Kate? Uh, you already walked up to him because he was he had shifted so away. My from move you. is gone. Right. So you're down to a minor, and I, I think at this point you're. I'm going to use my minor to once again call him uh, selfish and short-sighted and hateful in the hopes of breaking his resolve. Well, that's just like the church, ain't it? <laughs> or I'm going to use my move action to move my flaming sphere next to uh, Pa. Around to the other side, so he has to get closer Close to, to us to get away from him. Oh, okay. Like there? We're going to yeah. try to hurt What him if in. I did it here? Would that be flanking? No. no. Unfortunately not. Boo. And we're going to attack with the flaming sphere, which is 25 versus reflex. Nice. 
Do you have anything that immobilizes? Uh, 25 no. versus reflex. Traps. I was looking. Will hit. And that is uh, like four, damage. 15 damage. No, 16 damage. Have to burn a item. Minor to sustain. And is that it? That is it. Okay. Move, attack, and minor. Yep. Alright. Pause turn. Oh, takes another... Let's see. Now he takes another... 1 plus 5, 6 damage. And he is going to shift. Oh, take his mark with him. Er, almost forgot my mark. <laughs> Imagine him just dancing like Gabby Hayes. I swear I'd forget to murder y'all if it wasn't attached to my murder. I'm pretty sure he just kind of looks like the uh, the hillbilly on the throwback Mountain Dew bottle or canvas. That's what I'm I've been sorry. imagining the entire time. I, I cannot help but imagine Michael Landon in his full-on uh, garb from. Uh, yeah, I mean that, no. that's probably it because because I mean now it is abundantly clear that these guys were both adventurers and are in good shape. Yep. I mean, so, so it's like it's like Ma and Pa from Little House on the Prairie, and they've come to kill us. Right. And I laugh every time he says something because I hear it in that Michael Landon Highway to Heaven voice. Mm -hmm. yes. I guess the highway goes the other way. Yep. Definitely some affable evil. Let's see. <laughs> Somebody smack Brian for me. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we'll go Eldritch Blast on Brenzen. Ah, damn it. Uh, actually, we'll go Dire Radiance so that he can attack two people that way. My name is Branson. Oh, wait, no. That's not a... Uh, That's not a good it. idea. He would still get oh, Zord. No, no. Wait. No, no. Yeah, he can do it. It's just not a uh, basic attack. So, Eldritch Blast on Orem and Branson. Boo. That's low. Crap. Um, 21 versus Reflex. Oh, just hits me. Boo. And you've got no defensive powers right now. Guardian Blades. And I'm guessing that doesn't hit. I never turned uh, on. I'd rather that is an encounter power. I was seeing if I had a way to deflect it, and I do not. Well, does pure devotion, fortitude, and will... Nope. I guess not. Although Guardian Blades might Wait. not necessarily be a terrible plan. Nope. This is against... Yeah, here in a few moments it will be. Reflex. Yeah, I don't have any way to defend on a reflex, and 21 Which, does hit. Yeah, okay. starts mm -hmm. getting up in our face again. So you guys are going to take... I turn a move action into a minor action? Yeah. Okay. Can't do it yet, though. Yeah. 18 damage. Eee, I'm bloodied again. And whenever you move, you have been hit, you move closer to him, you're going to take... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Hang on, hang on. Erase that damage. Ah, this actually good. does less damage. Yay. Yay. I don't remember if I'm bloodied or not now. <laughs> I cannot tell you. Okay, instead you're going to take... 42 damage. <laughs> 13 radiant damage. 
And if you move closer to him, you're going to take 10 radiant damage. Bloody. I got 13 damage. My blood cloth armor goes... I think your armor should have a sound effect, too. Well, it was built by Thony, so even if it doesn't actually... And Brandis. <laughs> so even if it doesn't need to have a sound effect, it probably still does. <laughs> Are you bloodied yet, Brenson? Someone could. Uh, I was for a while, not any longer. Okay. Yeah, I'm... I anti-bloodied myself when I hit the ground like Iron Man and did my awesomeness of awesome. Ah. Toss the temporary hit points at Orem. And that's Pa. I also got life-tapping darts. And I'm guessing that minus two to AC is gone now, Brian. Yep. And now it's Glaw. Whee! I don't know what to do. Push him into the fire. Like, is, is he super, super bloodied? Uh, he's bloodied. Okay. Yeah, if you could push him closer to the fire, that'd be great. Yeah. If you could just totally murder that guy. Maybe we should have focused fired on the woman, so that but I think it's a little late to switch up now. No, this guy's almost dead. Is he bloodied? He yes. is bloodied. Okay. And once old people start to bleed, that's it. That's it. <laughs> it's that Lipitor. Yep. Thins their blood. Hmm. Oh, it doesn't work as well as I want it to. Become a giant crab bear and eat him. I'm thinking about it. Actually, don't go near him. I've got nothing but powers that are like, two creatures! Ah. And get more stuff if the creatures are closer together. So... Okay, so start fine whipping her closer to him. Yeah. I don't want her closer. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll help. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go ahead and uh, thorn whip her. Do I somehow get some healing points somewhere? Claw uses... That's doubtful. Whip. Okay. Yeah. Claw's got you one heal and he already spent oh, it. I got okay. two heals. Oh, there you go. Dude, don't beg for, don't beg for healing. <laughs> don't. Don't be that guy. I will hey, be that guy. that's going to be a 28 versus fortitude. Nice. Against her? Yep. Oh, hit. Yay. And I'm going to activate the uh, my lullaby quarterstaff. Okay. Uh, which free action, use power when you hit. Uh, make a secondary attack against the target's will defense with an attack bonus equal to the level of this weapon plus its enhancement bonus. So yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's that's just that. That's just gonna be that okay. enhancement bonus. So what? Not two or three? Yeah, it's gonna it's two plus the level of the weapon is nine. Right. So it'll be a plus eleven. Ah, oh, fifteen. That's not gonna hit. Well, that's crap. Oh crud. That's a huge waste of my daily power. Yeah. Well, let's uh, oh, run I'm you. Using that you know, again. Price your pet. <laughs> yeah, because definitely, if you ever miss with attacks, you should never use them again. Yep. Yep. That's what should I happen. Should never use any attacks. Yep. Yep. You shouldn't. And you should always make sure that you do the thing that is most strategic, because strategery is the best part. Seven damage, and I get a polar two squares. Go for it. Do it. Polar to France. Polar to France. Is that closer? Even is that closer? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Yes. Keep pulling. <laughs> I can't. I pulled her two squares. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know I shouldn't be surprised after a year, but it's always fascinating when you guys argue like an old married couple. Mm. <sighs> All right. What else there? Um, fish to puss. Fish to puss. Oh, one, two, Let's go ahead and get further away from her because I don't like her. away from me. <laughs> okay. Run away, Sushi and Man. Run away. Turn into a monster. Okay. <laughs> There's a pile. He of turns into Krang from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Randus. Hmm. You went and moved all the way over there. What were you gonna do? Uh, restorative infusion. But I'm at 60 hit points out of my 68. 20 temporary hit points. Oh. Hey, 20 temporary hit yeah. points over here, please. Give them to Bloodied right. Boy. I will give them to Bloodied Boy. Yay. Yeah. I will throw the Yes, my AC doesn't go down. Spreads over him. Ah. Ooh. Creating a You're protective coating. I'm covering yes. a protective coating. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and a delicious candy shell. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm now simonized for your protection. Hmm. Well, it takes an hour to do that. We don't have that much time. We'll have any other way to really... It's uh, magic. Draw oh, okay. closer. Okay, where can I get with six? <laughs> Five, six, sounds good. Let's all, all right. gather up over here so she can run at us. <laughs> oh, no, that leaves me open to a lot of attack. And I shall go with the uh, magic weapon upon Farmer John. Okay. Yeah, that's something. Yeah. That'll be a 24 versus AC. Uh, 24 will hit. Awesome. Team high five. Yep. Can't get that from here. Nice. That'll be uh, 13 damage. And everybody gets a uh, plus... Let's see, hold on. Yeah, plus two power bonus to their attack rolls. Everybody? Yep. Anybody adjacent to him? So not everybody. Wait, no, so uh, not just a, no, <laughs> Everybody <one>. important. <laughs> Plus one it's power bonus two. to attack rolls and the uh, plus two to damage. Hey, there you go, guys. Now you can plus one, plus two, we call that. Yes. All right. It's like a holy strength. This will drop him. Yes. Yeah, I'm dead. Yes. He just goes down. Ugh. Bite it, old man. Bite it. Oh, my God. I just killed an old guy. <laughs> Did you kill him? No. I don't know. Yes. No. Yeah. Kill him. We'll say no. Okay. Orem, are you entirely certain that that sword is still in the bag? Rendus incapacitates Pa. <laughs> yes. I use a blunted bolt. Well, you could have just gotten him in a knot. That's how they take down cows, you know. <laughs> <laughs> With a bolt gun, yes. <laughs> Ma's turn. She will, um... Basically, she's got... Her uh, sword on on both hands. She will lower it and basically motion. Like she'll be looking in in that general direction where uh, the three of you, except for Orem, is. Um, and basically motion at the skeleton. What about it? Leave him alone. You can just have it. 
Oh, at this guy. I was thinking the other. At the skeleton. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking the skeleton <laughs> up on the ridge. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Place your sword on the ground, please. <laughs> Very well. Do I have your oath that you will not hurt me or him? Yes. We'll need your assistance in the tools that you use. We won't take any more than we need. She uh, motions with her sword back behind some of the vertebrae. They're all there. We'll just leave them there. I know that you're still holding your sword. Yes, well, I didn't get an oath from you. Fine, you have my word. She drops the sword. I'm going to disarm the man and make sure he's okay. Um, well, he needs urgent medical attention. How easily is, go cut this stuff. How easily is it to disarm him? Can I just remove his knife and his fram and his stuff? Yeah, he just I, has a wand and yeah. a knife and doesn't have any more weapons on him. Alright, I'm gonna toss the knife to Randis and I'm gonna lay on hands. Okay. You heal him. Okay. Ah! And and when you do, he grabs your basically grabs the, the brooch of your cape. And like rears back a punch and just like pa, and he just stops. Let's go of you. I still have oh. my blade out. I'm sure. I'm going to motion for him to join his missus. He stands up, walks over. Randus. Yes, sir. Can we find the tools? I yeah, think we you can found find them. them. Yep. All right. I'm going to very carefully and as respectfully as possible without, you know, uh, dropping the implication that movement will involve, you know, impalement, uh, <laughs> keep our, our, our happy couple away while Randus gets what we need. Okay. Very well. Randus gets to shaven. Shaving. Scrape, 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 scrape. You want to give me an endurance check? All right. All right. Commence to scraping, everybody. Nice. <laughs> uh, that'll be uh, 23. All right. You keep scraping. Yay, wind up arm. Yep. <laughs> Mean <laughs> meanwhile, Randus's theme music plays in the background, and it goes like this. I don't think so. No? <laughs> Fine, it's a kazoo solo. <laughs> Yeah, but it has to have a techno beat. Yeah. A kazoo solo with a techno beat. And eventually you get down. You get enough that you think will uh will actually be um or you get what you believe will actually be enough. Awesome. Um What, what was right. the pledge that we made well, to this old old woman? I we, pledged we, we to her. We will let her go. All no, right. I pledged to her that I wouldn't kill her man. And is that it? <laughs> that is the only Fine. thing that I know I've sweared to. Fine. Let Just let her be. We got what we came for. She said if we didn't kill her man, we could take what we needed. I don't want to be attacked by any bugs as we're leaving this island. Can I produce a flight? Well, they probably still can't land. No, they can't get the ship. Can't get close enough. Really. All right. 
We're taking what we need, and we're going now. Well, I hope you got exactly as much as you need. Should be enough. And it's probably good that you hope that. You may want to hope upon hope that we succeed. Hmm. If what you say is true, I certainly hope your mission succeeds. You have a very interesting way of showing it. Let's go. Very well. I'm going to back away all melodramatic and then sweep my cape as I turn. Okay. Like a, an anime character. You can call me Bleach or something. Okay. Death Bleach. Okay. I don't know anime. We'll call you Bleach Note. Bleach. There you go. All right. And your sword is suddenly ten times Bleach bigger Note than you Z. could possibly carry. And you've got these giant eyes. And my hair is spiky and serves as a weapon unto itself. And I speak in this manner. <laughs> so you guys make it back into the forest and have a similar uh, <laughs> fight, with yes, bugs. fight with bugs on your way back out. <laughs> Didn't he train them? Wasn't he training them? Hmm? So he, he, trained them to a, he trained them to attack. Okay. He didn't necessarily control them. I didn't swear not to kill bugs. I'm going to make sure and kill as many bugs as I can. <laughs> I have okay. no problem with this. In fact, I might even see if we can point out the nest and have Randis just nuke it from orbit. <laughs> it's the only way to be sure. <laughs> Try to make. So you, you guys actually it. want to go looking for the nest? No. 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 Okay. If we happen to see it on the way past, uh, if there's you don't some sort of smoke type bomb thing to hopefully <laughs> keep them and away. He's gonna wear a beard of these things and control them with the smoke. <laughs> All right, so you guys make it back out of the forest. Let's get our longboat and get back. Yes, let's go. And uh, you guys get on your longboat and start heading back. Well, that was quite a bit easier than I was expecting, hmm. despite the challenges we had. A very distressing interaction. We should have just taken a rib. Yeah, just taking a rib? You better make sure you've got it all. I believe I have enough. Do you believe that you have more than enough? Well, I didn't want to be too greedy. Ironic. <laughs> Foolish, but ironic. Back to the ship? Yep. Back to the ship. Climb on board. Captain, yes. as soon as at our next port, spread the word. The The Doom Titan is dead. There's plenty of status site for anybody who wants it. <laughs> Uh, I wasn't planning on getting off the ship at the next port. That doesn't matter. Spread the word. To all send, you a, send a dispatch. He, he looks over to Randis. I'm, I'm sorry, what? It's open season. Anybody who wants it can go get it. <laughs> we had some ex bad experiences with the locals. I we'll see. explain later. Well, I expected that. <laughs> uh, I, I don't. I don't think we've uh, docked anywhere where you haven't had a bad experience yet. No, that's pretty accurate. That's the way of things, apparently. All right, so where to next? Mark the location on the map. At least we didn't have to fight any giant flying worms. Mm. Our next location. Do we not need to find the hair of cord, or am I jumping? No, well, the hair of cord or uh, Penelope's chronometer. Hmm. We, we still haven't gotten Penelope's current arbiter? 
haven't had one. What does Penelope's chronometer look like? I barely remember what the Triskelion looks like. Mm. <laughs> the winged Triskelion? Yes. It looks like, like a Triskelion with wings. wings. Look. <laughs> and what does that thing look like again? It's winged. It's a Triskelion. Triskelion is sort of a triangular framostat, and yep. this one has wings. Mm. Yep. See, I just think of a you know creature That's with right. three plus one plus one counters on it. Right. I I think it's sort of a triangular version of Xena's uh, thingamabob. chronometer look That's like? That's largely what I always... It's like a giant stopwatch. <laughs> it's in the presence of a man named McNally in Chicago. It should be easy to find. He's not moving. Okay, so. Cord's yeah, hair, Penelope's chronometer. Which one's closer, do you think, Randus? Well, Cord's uh, hair would probably be closer to the pillar of the earth. Did we not actually have a... Yeah, no, never mind. It's in the Sea of Capricorn. Which... We're out here. Yes. So, Are we... right. so we're on our return signal? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I say we head in towards. This area. Are we not? What? Are we're we up, up here? Yeah, you're up there somewhere. And we want to go there yep. or wherever Penelope's chronometer. 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 <laughs> wherever Penelope's Penelope's chronometer. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Say it with me. <laughs> it. The six. That's six where sheets, we're going. Six sheep. Yes. Let's go that way. We're going for cord's hair. Okay. Okay. Do we know where cord is? Yes. He's awesome. right there. <laughs> I can't tell now, if I'm hearing the camera or not. I am I am as yet unclear, so someone needs to say to me and ex explicably, we know where both of these items are, yes? You have, you know, you definitely know where Cord City is. Yes. Right. You do not uh, exactly know where Penelope's chronometer is, but you have a general idea. And we know what the device itself or whatever the chronometer is, presuming it's a device, I guess I should say, mm -hmm. actually looks like we know what we are seeking? No. All you okay. have is tales and legends and folklore to go from. But we know where Cord is. We know what hair is. Let's go there. <laughs> okay. Where is Penelope's so, chronometer? Yes. Near the Pillar of the Earth. No. Is it? Oh. No. Cord is back towards the Pillar of the oh. Earth. Oh, well, we're going over here. Makes sense to go get this before we go get that. No, it's Where not. is the chronometer? Go get what before we get what? Yeah, we what does that dot say that you just pointed out, cord. Stephen? Cord. Oh, cord. I thought you said that that's where, that's where no. cord's hair oh, okay. is. Well, you, that's guys, where going. you guys figure out what the dots on the map mean. Right. No, that's fine. If that's where cord's hair is, I want to go to the closest one. Okay. So cord then? Yep. Yes. So where is Penelope's I, chronometer? Yeah, at? that... This... We, we have a general idea, or... Mm -hmm. What's that general idea? The general idea... Remember. Here's the general idea. The general idea is where do you want to go next? <laughs> Cord's hair. Closer. Cord's hair. Okay. That one's closer. Yay. Okay. <laughs> problem solved. Let's go. <laughs> Renson is accidentally the leader, so we'll go where I say. Wait, how are you the leader? Accidentally. Oh. <laughs> accidentally. Who's the Every time we, see, we, we have that moment where we decide who's going to be the leader, and everyone talks about it, and then I just kind of blunder off into infinity. Except when God And beyond. Does it. Yeah. yeah. And actually, for that matter, except when Randas does it. Because if it's shiny enough, then Randa's is the one who does it. Yep. That's true. And actually, if it's frustrating enough, then Orem's the one who does it. <laughs> so, so we really have we're a, all yes. the leaders. We yes. have a rotating leader. It's, so it's full alphabetically, of I am the leader. <laughs> we are going. We're full of something here. Right. Orem's the only one with that qualities. He doesn't Captain, anybody. Yes. Make tracks. Uh, set sail. The city all of right. Cord. Make it so. Make it so. All right. 
the captain goes and gets everything ready. Should have been English from the very beginning. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. <laughs> very well. <laughs> right. Okay, so how exactly is the uh, status site? Was I planning on utilizing this? Okay. The status site and the twin perfect stars are used to stabilize something to actually make it into the... So uh, is it just like an energy... Like uh, We can talk about that later. (laughs) I mean, it it is going to be up to you to actually design it. Okay. But it's probably... It's probably not going to be very big. Right. All right. Like, if you can fit Let's the party into whatever you make, it will be enough of a feat. A bomb. And Cord's hair is designed to protect us from the destructive field. Cord's hair... Or expected to protect us from the destructive field. No. Cord's no. hair is going to be so that you can actually seal up the, the rift. The rift. Oh, okay. Then I'm confusing it with the inertron or the status site, right. forgive me. Status site and twin perfect stars are to protect yourselves from the unmaking energies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cord's hair is to seal up the thing, and then Penelope's chronometer and the winged Triskelion are for the actual okay. bomb. So, what do we know of Cord City? Uh, you guys can give me a religion check. Hey. Religion, religion, you say? How about a... Oh my god. 22. 22 as well. 23. Bastard. 29! <laughs> Darn right. it. So I guess you guys have been doing research this whole time. I do like to one-up people. I've just been running an executive summary whipped up by our research assistants. Mm-hmm. We've been reading hey, that works too. Paper. You're delegating. Yep. Uh, let's see. So here's what you guys know about Cord and Cord City. First off, a long, long time ago, yep, there was a big fight between all the gods. Mm-hmm. It was largely on the sides of gods that are largely considered evil versus gods that are largely considered good. Although there were plenty of neutral guys on both sides. Hello, Raven Queen. Yes. Um, and I think for that matter, Malora. hello, a couple, well, Melora, uh, Loth, well, Loth is evil. Yeah. Um, I don't know that Vegna is actually evil. Uh, I'm pretty sure he is. Oh, there you go. Ah, uh, he used to be. He used to be like evil, right. evil, evil, stupid, stupid, evil. Um, but, so what ended up happening was the fight got pretty out of hand. God started, uh, dying. And they had to sign a pact. And the pact, now known as the... Treaty of of Worms. Is that W-Y-R-M-S? W-O-R-M-S. Okay. Oh. Um, Yes. Yeah, it was in Val Belbina's documents that she gave us. Right. (laughs) Um, Had a whole bunch of stipulations about what gods were allowed to do. And as part of it in it being a not just a legally binding but also a mystically binding contract consigned all the dying gods to their cities to sleep Hmm. Um, so the uh, pantheon went from having you know 30 gods to having around 10 Hmm. around 10? yes roughly 10 yes 
allowing for, you know, a player to be named later. Um, Cord, one of the gods, of course, being always in the front lines, who was uh, mortally injured, uh, sealed himself in his city, which, uh, of course, like all the other cities, has lots of names. Right. Um, but is largely referred to as uh, the Path of Peonies. Peonies. How is that word pronounced? Yeah, I remember the story well, how, how Cord confronted the evil god Max, and Max <laughs> shot him right in the head. Yep. That was terrible. Um, it's also known as Strengthome and the Colosseum Prime, named after the gigantic Colosseum. Nice. Um, Cord's fellow god Booster never got over it. <laughs> the, um... Stupid. Like all the like all the other uh, cities of the gods, it's been sealed up sealed up into a bubble that is, as far as you guys know, impenetrable. So before you head over there, you are going to have to figure out how to get into the city of the gods. Um, well, so far we've conquered the unconquerable foe and found the unfindable item. How hard can it be to penetrate the impenetrable barrier? Sure. Did we conquer the unconquerable foe? Yeah, that's the way I'm telling the story. <laughs> I, I, I think he was talking about Doomy. Oh. Because <clears throat> really it was kind of dead when we got there. Um, yeah, but I was the first one to stick my sword in it and say, I've killed this beast. <laughs> <So> therefore. <laughs> ah, I claim this beast. <laughs> in the name of friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Knock those other flags over, son. <laughs> What if you woke up and were found your chest was claimed by Spain? Um, All right, let's move on. The um, the wording on the Treaty of Worms, which you guys could have gotten a hold of at this point, um, is kind of weirdly flowery in the um, in the section talking about what happened to the gods that are sleeping. So it uses a lot of um, metaphors. Yes, a lot of metaphors and a lot of phrases like consignment to shadow and watched over by shadows and uh, things like that. And it is difficult to tell which things are literal them just or... saying they're sleeping and which things are saying there's something actually trying to prevent people from moving around inside these uh. cities. Because... It doesn't mention anywhere in the treaty itself, but from what you guys have been able to research, everybody who lived in those cities is actually still living there. Living there. Does and the treaty specify anything about, oh, I don't know, emissaries of Coralon not invading the cities? No. The cities okay. are... The, the, the fact that <laughs> the cities well, are, okay. for all intents and purposes, unbreachable mm-hmm. does not... Uh, so therefore, does not stipulate that you know people so can't go into them because there's there's no measurement of punishment to where Cord can wake up and imbalance you know I don't know the universe. Well, there's no measurement of punishment enforced by the treaty itself. I mean, who knows if you no. wake Cord up, what would actually happen? Hey guys, oh, you want some hair? Here's some. Okay, oh, goodbye yeah. now. See ya. Here, I'll give you a faster boat so you can get on your uh, <laughs> okay. journey even faster. Uh, hey, in fact, I'll just go. get the last item that you need. Here you go. Oh, awesome. 
I'm going to go watch Cable. In fact, yep. I'm going to invent Cable, right. and then I'm going to so watch So we it. need to come up with a way to penetrate the barrier, cut the <laughs> uncuttable hair. Due to illness, the part of Cord will be played by Rick Moranis. <laughs> hey, guys, how's it going? <laughs> I'm Cord and stuff. All right. Sounds like you guys, you guys are getting ready to actually plan things. <laughs> so yep. hop back into yes. character. Wait, we're not in character. Oh God! I <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. I'm serious. Otherwise, too. otherwise, I'm just retconning this whole session. Uh, you guys are gonna have to find the status site again, and it'll be <laughs> totally different this time. You're gonna turn this reality around. That's right. We're not going to grandma's. House. Exactly. All right. Fine. All right. I'm so, serious too. Three, two, one. Hello, my name is Brenzen. I'm aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. I Simply practicing for what to say when we the name of our little floaty city. guy was Gertrude. 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 Hello, Gertrude. We're running into some problems, and maybe you have some information or hints. I mean, we've been back and forward over the Treaty of Worms, and it seems like City Accord is going to be uh, near impossible to to breach the barrier. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that that you would know that would help us or or get us through this? Would maybe Belbina know? Mm, she might. Hmm, but you don't know anything. I don't know, not really. Unfortunately, I am, as a Celestial Emissary, I am also directly bound by the Treaty of Worms. Mm. So Was Belbina bound by that treaty? No. No more than Gla or uh, Sir okay. Brenzen are. I think I have a ritual of sending somewhere. In fact, I know I have one somewhere. So nothing in the treaty specifies what it is. Do you have it? Other than that it's impenetrable. I believe I do. Uh, Right. The the, the treaty doesn't go into detail other than, you know... Lo, did there come a day when Cord was locked upon his room? Because I know we each had something. You know, it doesn't even... It doesn't actually even name-check Cord specifically so much as, you know, it talks about the gods who were casualties. The fallen. Right. Those that have been uh, hmm. locked into their cities and Maybe not. consigned to shadow. I we had created a bunch of them. Does mm-hmm. even um, each of us had? I think the the other group. <laughs> oh, we gave them to the other yeah, group. Yeah, you gave a bunch of sending scrolls to Ket. Oh, so sending scrolls. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure at least one of you has a sending spell. Yeah, I don't. Do you? Yeah, I one of the two of them has sending because they created rituals for me. Yeah, it's what about Gla? Does Gla have it? Gla? Yeah, is it Gla? That's probably oh. who it was. No, because no? that was that was before the party left. Yeah, one of you two should have sending as a ritual. <laughs> I thought it was Randus, wasn't it? It would make sense, but I guess it just never got written down. Yeah, you probably had that that ritual with and your I, dice. <laughs> I'm sure our dear, 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 dear listeners. A no prize. No, wait. That means there is no prize. Um, they'll tell us. We'll be fine. Yep. <laughs> so we'll just say, for now, since it doesn't really matter, we'll say that Gla has it. And if we figure let's, out... Let's try rock, paper, scissors. One, two, three, shoot. What are Gla's uh, rituals? Since there's nothing in here that actually lists my rituals. Really? Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing on mine that lists my rituals either. Uh, that's probably the problem. I hate new character sheets. Big your dumb sh- character it's got, sheets. It's, out, with it's under other equipment. It's got what looks like a, a ritual or a couple of rituals. 
all the numbers are on the wrong sides and they hide our ritual of sending. Uh, yep, you're right. Here we go. Other equipment. One ritual book. One animal messenger, which is a ritual. One water breathing, which is a ritual. One bloom, which I believe is a ritual. One seek rumor, which I believe is a ritual. And one iron vigil, which I believe is also a ritual. So Gla has one, two, three, four, five rituals. Although I thought I had a sending when... I think you had animal messenger. I know I had that, but it's not listed on any of my character sheet stuff. Check your other equipment slot. Nope. Here, let me see. Let me see arms sheets. (laughs) This is why change is inherently bad. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Nope, you're right. And I know I have animal messenger. Uh, we'll, we'll and, find... And Ghost Hand, and... Unseen Servant. Oh, I've got Mage Hand, there it is. Yeah, well, my Unseen Servant isn't even listed on no, here. No, Mage Hand isn't, isn't Mage a ritual. Hand is a yeah, power. but uh, Unseen Servant isn't on here. Right. Well, we'll find an older version of your character and transfer your rituals. Now, does that second combat count as Bye a milestone that would give us our action points back? Yep. Yeah, okay. we have Yay. one action point. Yeah, yeah, I have two action points. I can re-enchant his sword. There it is. Okay. So, is there ascending there? I'm looking. Let me see. Because I don't even got the. For all the pluses uh, of the digital age, no nope. type that's not ritual, is it? It's not on here. Let me. I'm gonna look on mine. Okay. Make scroll. Yeah, that's that's not actually a ritual. That's not a ritual. No, no. It's something you can do if you know rituals. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's part of the ritual caster feat. Ah, awesome. If you can do the ritual, you can create a scroll that will do the ritual later? Yep. Yep, it's a, you make a one-shot ritual for someone else, for anybody who can so hit I the So I can make a scroll of brew potion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that person could make a potion. Awesome. Yeah, it yep. doesn't, yeah, this doesn't have it on there either. This seems kind of weird. Here's what I have for Orem. Animal Messenger, Tensor's Floating Disc, Comprehend Language, Unseen Servant, Purify Water. But that so was at it, level 8, <coughs> which actually I guess he is now. So, what, what If we again? don't have the what? scroll or, or yeah, the but ritual... But he didn't pick up any more ritual since yeah. then. Say what? Floating. If we don't have the ritual of sending, but we all seem to remember the ritual of sending, <laughs> what is your dungeon master's call on this? You guys I mean, can just spend the money and have it. Uh, okay. So one of you can just pick it up. Okay. And then uh, market price 360 for the ritual itself. Yep. We'll retroactively say I had it the whole time. Okay. We have retconned continuity. (laughs) F continuity. Speaking of Tom Willing Prime Punch! People are upset about that. There is a t shirt over at the majorspoilers.com slash store that you can check out. Okay. Send us sendeth a scroll to uh, Belbina asking her if she knows any way that we can get into Oh, I thought you were saying that's how to get the t shirt. Um, no. Bell, Belbina. Should probably just disenchant my words. friends in here. We are uncertain of whether there is any way to penetrate the barrier around the I something of peonies. Twenty-five words. Is that limited to twenty-five Path. words? Yes. Yeah. Okay. One hundred and forty characters. We also or less. would need to have to. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. Here's how it goes. 140 characters or less. Let's just tweet the ascend. Okay. BBB, must penetrate. Level 6, category exploration, time 10 minutes, duration instantaneous. 
Component cost 50, market price 360, key skill arcana. You convey a mental message up to 25 words to a person you know. If the target is within range, he or she receives the message mentally and can respond likewise. The ritual's maximum range is determined by your arcana check result. And it goes from 10 miles to anywhere on the same plane. Yeah, can't get enough okay. to get that even with a candle. Mm -hmm. uh, but I can... What if we helped? Possibly, well, then... Well, I guess... How many people is it, is there a limit to how much? I don't think is there it? is a limit. Um, if I roll a twenty <laughs> and four people help or two people help to get the plus four and have a candle, one one person and a candle. I so guess. all three of us should help. Yes. Yep. So we got to roll Arcana. Yeah. Or we could just hope they're within a thousand. Or oh. we could do both. Yeah, that's why I kind of meant. So just like do all Arcana. that and hope they're within a yeah, thousand. Yeah, we got to get a Oops. ten. Is all. Oh, yeah, got it. it. All right. What are we doing? We're, We're all helping. standing in a circle, chanting, getting ready to send our magic message. Oh, Jody Curio. Tell me what the message is, because I will tweet this. <laughs> BBB, Brenzen, must penetrate field. Any ideas? Love otter. <laughs> or words to that effect. Something in okay. character. <laughs> so, penetrate. did you roll, Matthew? Sure. Roll your assistance. Uh, 14. Hey, it's a good. I suck. So, 2, 4, 6, 8, plus... We're rolling our Why camera, am I right? doing the one that's leading this? Because you're the one who has the ritual. Yay. Oh. Yay. <laughs> Did you fail it? I rolled a 3. Okay. So that's, <laughs> 50, that's 50 bucks down the drain. You want to try it again? Well, let's actually see what it yeah. totals right, up to, right. since it is Arcana. <laughs> so 19 plus 8, so 27... Yeah. So mm, probably not in a hundred miles. I think we're more than a thousand miles away from uh, July. Uh, let's see. No, five hundred. Five hundred. Stop saying numbers. Eight. Seven. Forty-two. Okay. What did you get again? <laughs> I got a. We don't remember because which would people be five hundred miles. Yes, five hundred miles. No, you probably actually need to crack thirty. Alrighty. So spend 50 bucks again. Try it again. <laughs> Let's try this again. Do it. So do we have so to do I have to wait again the next day before I can reuse a candle? Yeah. No, you, can uh, you only well. use it once per day? Well, We're going to have to try a new chair sure about that. Is, is a one an automatic failure? Uh, yes. Lame. That's all right. And I'm trying to find the thing because one. you can actually hinder each other. Yeah, I think it's actually a neg two. Oh. Yeah. If you fail. I still did it. Yeah. Yeah, I rolled a one as well. You rolled a one as well? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So we have two so we've critical got failures. On this one. <laughs> this is awesome. I think maybe this is why I didn't want to have the ritual. <laughs> BBB must penetrate cord shield. All right. Please help. <laughs> yes, because the candle says you gain a plus two power bonus to any skill checks made as part of the ritual. The candle automatically Hashtag extinguishes critical. at the end of the That's ritual and can be used again the following the message, day. Though. I gotta know what. Yeah, I guess you only so. get one shot at it. Uh, it is, does say daily power too. So yes, that makes sense. <laughs> okay. Alright. <laughs> so roll it. You Wait. got a minus two. A minus four? No. Ours, we can can uh, ours cancels out, and his oh. will be canceled out by the candle. The no. can He doesn't can't use the candle again. Oh, it's a daily? So yep. he's got a minus two. Yay. Okay. I have no idea what we're doing. Yay. Worse. <laughs> okay. 50. <laughs> Don't. So, you we'll try, try to send. tomorrow, dudes. You can yep. only do that There's twice a, a day? No. Okay. You can keep going. 
I'd rather send the message. What's uh, your, what your arcana? Is what like a six forty? Well, I guess. Okay. I guess you guys I both got have magic. the same arcana. I, I think we need to send the message. <laughs> I got like one more shot with my magic components. All right, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> God. All right. Hey, it's not a one. Hey, there you go. One. Not a one. Did it. Nineteen. Yeah, okay. Wait. All right. We're going with a plus six. Come on, something that's better. Hey, that's enough to get a 30. Yes, it is. It's a 31, actually. All right. Actually, probably should be higher than that. But well, anyway, it's enough. Plus, uh, six plus 16. Okay, yeah. So 22, you're actually going with that, not that, because that's old. Way old. Okay. okay, what's the message? I thought you had it. Well, it's what? BBB, must penetrate cords what? Cords, Cord. is it a shield, or what is it? Sure. Cords. Cords City, whatever. Cords City. Any ideas? Please help. Any ideas? Please help. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Love the guys. No, I'm not going to waste words on that. Anything else? Probably good for now. Anybody else? BBB must Can't penetrate Cord City. Any ideas? Please help. Send hashtag critical hit. <laughs> it is out there. Did you just write a hashtag? Oh, no, I actually tweeted he that. Tweeted so it. people who are following at Major Spoilers on Twitter are probably going to go, what's this now? What are they doing? Awesome. <laughs> I'm going to go unlike it. Val Balbina replies... The shields are domes also. The cyst is expanding. We're running out of time. Yeah, so she doesn't. Shields are domes, so we can go from underneath. The shields the shields are domes, so we can go from underneath. Build we can tunnel into the city. Through right. the astral sea. Build us an astral submarine. <laughs> well, oh, well, we that's, all uh, presuming live that, in an astral you know, submarine. The cities may not take up the entire landmass. Well, so. I was already planning on trying to make some sort of self-propulsion for the uh, lifeboats anyways. This might be... Yeah. Alright. Next time on Critical Hit, not this, but the time after that, <laughs> Rendas builds a submarine. Astral submarine. Sub-astral marine. Awesome. A sub-astrine. We also still no, need to consider a way to cut sub's hair cosmoid. For matter. We'll figure that out when we get inside. Just rip it out by the roots. That's what I'm planning on. All right, that's all I got. All right, right. everybody. uh, Let's jump over to the email. Here's a good one that uh, came in today while we were recording. Hey, guys, great podcast. I I found major spoilers while listening to Critical Hit. Very good podcast. Make the time go fast. Um, Since we just finished an encounter, my question is, how do you figure out experience points for each encounter and how they're distributed between the players? Again, keep up the great work for the podcast. Look forward to them every week. That is Tony from Iowa. It's pretty straightforward. Okay, explain it to us. Fourth edition, the way that you build encounters, usually, is by you have XP, you figure out how much XP you're going to spend. Right. Which, there's a chart that tells you how much mm-hmm. XP you can spend for a easy, normal, or difficult fight. Okay. Then you buy a number of monsters with that XP. So, how much XP does everyone get? Anybody who participates in the fight gets a cut of that XP. So if you have five people, everybody gets a fifth of that XP. Mm -hmm. If you have four people, everybody gets a fourth of that XP. Okay. There you go. And, of course, uh, building up that XP is based on the levels of your characters, right? 
Yeah. So They're basically, you know, for a standard fight, you have an equal number of monsters of an equal level to your characters. Um so you have if you have level 4 characters, four level 4 characters, then you would have four level 4 monsters. Right. And, then whatever um, and that would be is. a certain number of XP, which right. also correlates you to know, that. That is actually in the uh, yes. Dungeon Master's Guide. That is in the Dungeon Master's Guide. And I was going to look up the page number on that. Uh, and it's I on page 56 and 57. So, for example, level 9, standard monster. Again, this is a 5-pound party encounter, I think. Mm-hmm. St- standard monster, 400. Minions, 100. Elite, 800. Solo two thousand. Right. So that's the average cost of the monster on the oh, other okay. chart. Oh yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Encounter level nine, four PCs, sixteen hundred. Five PCs, two thousand. Six PCs, twenty four hundred. For the most part, you want your encounters to be a level or two higher than your uh, yep PCs. So that would be eleven, twenty four, three thousand, thirty six. Yeah. Page fifty seven, Dungeon Master's Guide, or you can find that online at the D and D Insider, the online compendium. Um, Oh, man. Let's see. There's Somebody's got a lot of questions here. We may oh have to break boy. these up over several uh, several Episode. weeks. Uh, long, long, long. Three months ago, I signed up for Rift. After playing blah, blah, blah. Got into the source book. Started playing 4E. I found Critical Hit. What a great show. This morning. You guys are great. I love you. Love you. The you changed end. my life. <laughs> Main question. Now I hate you. Main question. Campaign writer's block. I've pulled... I've put together a group of three friends who are interested in playing, and I've been asked to DM. I don't mind DMing, but I frequently get the DM's equivalent of writer's block, where I'm just not sure where I want to take the story or how I want to flesh out the details in between the major themes, concepts, and PCs that I think of. I'm not really a fan of pre-gen adventures, but I'm also not yet comfortable improving everything. What advice can each of you offer to get creatively unstuck so that as a DM you can be ready in time for your next scheduled session? Well, Rodrigo does this show, so why don't you give us some insight into your mind? Um, I, my, I, I think the, the the most helpful piece of advice that I can give is you might want to take a little break. Like mm-hmm. if you're going on a weekly or even every two weeks schedule, you might want to skip one, give yourself basically three weeks or up to four weeks of, of time to think and Maybe not think about the game so much. Watch some TV, do other stuff. You know, get some media back into your own brain, mm-hmm. um, and then go from there. Um, because there's ideas everywhere, right? Um, and I, I certainly have a lot of this game has come from you know uh, me finding stuff on the rocks in Bunker Hill, Kansas, <laughs> um, which I shouldn't be doing on company time, but whatever. Um, the uh, the other thing I would say is, um, I mean, I don't know, uh, writer's block can be a big problem, and you don't want to force yourself to maybe take the game down a path that you don't want, because you can't come up with a good way of doing things. Um, there are ways to stall, there are story ways to stall, you can, you know, uh, as the explorers, or as the adventurers are getting ready to leave for a, uh, an awesome adventure, you can have, you know, bureaucrats shut them down or have a murder happen in the city so that they have to basically figure that out before they can leave. Well, one of the things, and I I think it was a diversion from what you had originally planned back when we did the episodes of uh, the first season 
of, uh, you may think it's funny, but it's snot, mm-hmm. where we said, hey, let's go to Tuberville. <laughs> that wasn't what you had necessarily planned, but that gave you... That gave you right. some ideas right. to and then I mean, and, and the Tuberville arc had exactly zero relevance to right. the void, the war against the void. <coughs> right, right, right. You right. Know, it was just something else that was happening at right. the time. So there is that as well. Just because, you know, like you can flip through a pre-made adventure and not do the whole pre-made adventure, but mm-hmm. use that as a jumping uh, or, or as a, or as a, a point story. of reference. Yeah. yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. just be like, or, you know, look through the monster manual, figure out what's in that range. And rather than necessarily, like, you guys have been fighting the, the evil Baron's forces this whole time. But you know what? Every once in a while, some wargs get into the city. Yeah. Nice. Well, Because you I leave your trash out. Right. <laughs> I think that when it comes specifically to writer's block, and this is an old piece of advice that I think is from William Stafford, there's no such thing as writer's block as long as your standards are low enough. <laughs> any, any time that I'm writing, any time that I'm creating, any time that I'm, you know, running a game, the trick is not how do I come up with something super brilliant. It's if I'm not prepared, am I willing to improvise? Now, if, if you've ever heard me speak, or God forbid you've ever read what I write, you know that improvi- improvisation is not a problem. And it's not necessarily a failure if you come to the end of what you plan to do and your players say, and then what happens if we do this? And you say... A 10-foot giant paisley baby falls out of the sky and starts copiously vomiting. It's ridiculous. It's, you know, it's awful. It's certainly not going to be the highlight of your round. You know, it's not a Smith is a human fire hose or, you know, Orem fights a dragon or whatever happened. But it's something that will get you past that block. Right. You give them something, even if it's something awful. Um, and the example, and forgive me, Stephen, is... Sometimes you'll ask for something and get back, I, I see a pile of pillows. That was something where, you know, the, the game master gave something, Stephen gave something back, it was unexpected, and I don't think that the interaction, you know, on either side, I don't think he either expected what was coming, but it worked. And that's the thing about the game is, you know, even if it's awful, even if, you know, the thing that you come up is completely unsuccessful, and I don't think that we've ever had a completely unsuccessful clunker concept in this game. Diplomatizing horses. Could be. We've all had it. We've all had that moment where, you know, somebody's like, I'm going to go mess with the cows, and you don't know what, what you're going to do. Something ridiculous happens. You can either take that time and say, okay, well, you know, for this week we're done, which is fine. Or you can just come up with something, anything, and if it's awful, it's awful. Worst case scenario, we never speak of it again. <laughs> yeah. Rob? Um. The other option is that uh, this one Rodrigo does and Alex did, and I've done once now, is uh, like go into an entirely different area of your uh, campaign. Uh, give your players pre-gen character or have them make a, make a character from another part of the world. And do that. Where you know Rodrigo's given us the other half, and then the uh, other the other third. third. Uh, uh, Alex did that, like as the start of his campaign every week. He had him play a uh, just a generic group of people in the war, and then the actual heroes that they were playing later on. We played Sith fodder. Yes, yeah. it was a Star Wars campaign, so they played Sith fodder in the uh, Jedi and Sith War, and then they were their actual hero characters later on. I uh, think it's, it's pronounced Sith Vader, isn't it? Yes. No, it's pronounced Banta Puju. Uh. 
Um, hey, don't uh, underestimate uh, TV tropes. Yeah, true. Um, sometimes those will give you great ideas. Yep. yep. For uh, yeah. launching really, a campaign, there or... really is inspiration everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, watch a wildlife documentary. Watch, mm-hmm. you know, your favorite sci-fi show. Watch your least favorite sci-fi show. Because listen to Bill Hicks. Right. Sci-fi. <laughs> listen to a Prairie Home Companion. You like should listen to Bill Hicks, anyways. Um, <laughs> sci-fi and fantasy are not that different. So sci-fi is an obvious place. You know, if you're watching and if, if you are sitting there and your girlfriend's forcing you to watch the Gilmore Girls, there will be something in the Gilmore Girls that you can exactly that you can do. Yeah, it'll maybe give you a great idea for a series of harpies to attack your your party. Exactly. <laughs> but the thing is, the tropes are the same. It doesn't matter what the actual you know, the setting with, of the story yeah, is. Relationships between people are always the same, and yeah. You know, a fight scene really high up where the stakes are super high are going to be the mm-hmm. same if, whether you're doing it in our droid factory, crumbling yep. castle, or um, Rory's backyard. And the thing about the Gilmore Girls, you laugh at that, but one of the most successful fan fiction stories I ever read was a crossover where Lorelai had to deal with the wackiness of her cousin Happy. And I'll be damned if it wasn't one of the greatest things I have ever read because of the love and care put into Happy Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. 4E treasure calculation. It seems that there are mechanical expectations that a party in 4E of a given level has a certain amount of treasure and magic items, but the rules of calculating treasure awards for groups of less than five party members do not seem to support the requirement. Both the original and current rules seem to decrease the likelihood of receiving treasure rather than the amount received. As a new DM, I'm concerned about house ruling my way through this and imbalancing things in either direction. Do you guys have any recommendations for awarding treasure to smaller parties in 4E without imbalancing things? Well, number one, I you know I think Joe there's Fields. not a there's not an expectation that you get a reward after every encounter though, right? Not after every enco- encounter, but you get a certain number of things per level. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Okay. So. Really, every five or so encounters, you should get more treasure because you've leveled up. And treasure could be magical items <coughs> or gold or gems. Usually or and gold. Yeah, okay. magical mm-hmm. items and gold and maybe so, potions and stuff. So with this mechanic, Rodrigo, and mm-hmm. forgive me, I, I don't want to expose too much of your process. but at I, I just won't where, answer if you do. I mean, it's all good. All right. At the point where we were on the princess and we were going, do-do-do-do-do, and Thony said, hey, I got this thing that I made. Right. Was that you distributing that treasure through a different mechanic? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, so that, that to me was brilliant. I had never seen you know, something like that actually happen, where it's like the, that NPC, if you will, that character who was there all of a sudden, rather than, well, uh, the guy explodes and they're lying on the floor is his armor. Right. You know, it, it came from a different quarter, and that really, you know, that surprised me, and that was something that I'm going to steal and use. And and really, my the main reason for that, and, you know, every time that Smith, you know, sneezed on something and enchanted it, <laughs> or something grew out of Smith, it was that same deal. Mm-hmm. And I do that because it's easier to control things that way, because mm-hmm. in the world of Critical Hit, I've already established that magic items are actually fairly rare. Since you guys are hardcore adventurers, you guys come across them a lot more. But most of the items that you have were even given to you by magic robots grown out of some magic critter given to you by the church or some other thing. You guys very rarely find actual loot after killing monsters. And part of the reason for that is that, you know, back when we had, and actually I think even once again with Ket, you know, we had Smith and Randis and they both wore the same kind of armor. So if I wanted to give armor to Smith, 
and it was just laying there at the end of a, in a treasure pile, then there would be no indication that that armor wasn't supposed to go to Randus. Um, so that actually allows me to keep a lot tighter control on things. When, you know, Randus's friend NPC gives him some armor, <laughs> then that armor doesn't fly up into the air to see who wants it. Of course, isn't Randus currently wearing Smith's armor? Yes. Yep. <laughs> Which is fine, because they had, you know, within the game, you're certainly welcome to trade things. But mm-hmm. I want to tag that as, this is supposed to go to Randus, mm-hmm. but I certainly wouldn't be like, no, 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 do not give that to because... <laughs> I mean, I thought it was awesome yes. that you guys basically were like, all right, let's switch armor, you know, start taking yep. stuff up, hand it to the other guy, and put the other guy's armor on. And really, the episode where, you know, where we cut up Smith and made the armor from him was one of my... Oh, wait, is that the lost episode? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That Smith armor, though, that's some good stuff. Yep. As I've looked through a variety of blogs and online stores for good ways to keep up with everything that can happen in a 4E fight... I haven't ever really found anything compelling, so I was wondering what suggestions you guys have for keeping up with one conditions, two elevation tracking, or flying creatures, three zones, etc. From the show notes, I it looks like you guys use uh, Pizos, what is it, Piazos tokens Piezos. and conditions. Uh, I'd be very interested to hear your suggestions uh, for the others as a new group of players with a new DM. <laughs> what specific products or tools would you recommend people picking up and managing a 4E battle. Let's take it one at a time. What's the first thing? Uh, let's see. From the show notes, it looks like you guys use tokens for conditions. Nope, it would have been before. Back. Yeah. So okay. I was wondering what suggestions you guys have for keeping up with conditions, elevation... Okay, so let's, start with conditions. let's start with okay. conditions. Conditions. Okay. The easiest way that I found to keep track of conditions is for the game master to keep track of everybody's conditions. And what I do is I write the conditions in wherever I'm keeping initiative. That way, when I go to the next character... I see, oh, this character is has been hit with a condition. And I have shorthand. Come up with your own shorthand. Um, you'll figure out the best way to do it. Elevation tracking or flying creatures? Uh, don't. <laughs> Elevation tracking. Uh, the only one I've come up with for as far as elevation that seems to have worked was actually just numbering them Right on the, on the battlefields. Like, all right. Everything at this elevation is numbered zero. Everything at this elevation is numbered one. Everything at this elevation is numbered two. Try to avoid it. I mean, it it, it, it makes for a dynamic encounter. Yeah, it makes for a really cool encounter. Don't use it very often. It's not a terribly good right. system at all. Unfortunately, fourth edition doesn't, and just D and D in general doesn't have any good way to deal with three dimensions. Yeah, especially if you're going- since they switch from their miniatures back down to their pogs. <laughs> That doesn't. That doesn't. That doesn't. There's no more three dimensions. No, that doesn't change things at all, Stephen. What about zones? Um, Let's hang on. Let me let me talk a little bit about elevation. Um, The um, I would recommend that if you are going to use elevation, you only use two ground floor and then one other one. Um, That you figure out ahead of time how much damage somebody's going to take when they fall, which they inevitably will. Mm -hmm. Um, And other than that, to just do that and have it be a clear distinction. And just, if somebody's attacking from range, just let it be like it's flat. That'll be the easiest thing. If you want to come up with, like, cover or something, then decide how much cover somebody's going to get for being in the top level, and that's it. Just flat cover. Um, Because otherwise, you start getting into, you know, having to keep track of of just more and more and more stuff. So what about zones? Um, Zones are fairly easy. You can do basically... Uh, one of two yes. things we have uh, we have bought or these guys have bought those like little zone markers yeah um, you put those in the corners of your zone and that's it 
um, I personally just went and like the the um, the squares on my mat mm-hmm. are one inch squares. Mm-hmm. So I went on Photoshop and made a burst one and a burst two, and most of the stuff that you're gonna be facing within the first. 12 levels, 20 levels of D&D are going to be either burst ones or burst twos that actually make zones. And then it's kind of annoying to have to slide something underneath, but if you can't get a hold of something that you can reliably put on the corners because you also want it to not take up a lot of space, yeah. um, yes. then then you can do that. Um, the other thing is, is anything that puts a zone permanently that then doesn't get moved, just you can draw. just draw onto your mat because presumably you are using some kind of mat that you can draw on. Are we using piezos or piezos tokens for conditions? I'm not. I think he's referring to the little, the little flame markers that we got. I'm not sure what company made them, or, but they're just one I saw in an online store and purchased those. We talked about them in one of the other shows. We've got the little marked tokens that we bought. Those are from Gale Force Nine. I know that. Yeah, for nice, but there's also uh, both. Yeah, Fantasy Flight makes the little. There's little beads which you can get at any game or any. Hobbies to anywhere, basically. Yeah, right. same way. And then there's little marker. token marker <laughs> yeah. things that you can get basically anywhere. Right. Uh, you know, mark pennies, five or six quarters, different colors, so we can yes. identify silly buttons. Um, with the uh, disgusting, but it would work. I think is it a half dollar? If you can get a half dollar, it doesn't quite. It it goes a little bit farther than the square, but you can slide it under a miniature, and it oh, doesn't. Yeah. You know, obstructing. Uh, yeah. What specific products or tools would you recommend people picking up for managing a 4E battle? That's largely what we've been talking about. Really, you don't need that much. You just kind of need to establish what each thing means. Um, I would recommend getting some form of tokens, and really, you can just go to any hobby store, and by that, I don't mean like gaming hobby store. I mean like Hobby Lobby, and pick up oh, a yeah, bunch yeah. of like glass beads and have that be yep. your marks yep. Yep. and things like that. Um, you can always use pennies. You can always do stuff like that. So, in the category yeah, I've done of one on graph paper once, where yeah, yeah. I had colored pencils and I then would, really good yeah. eraser. It was difficult, but we basically had each player had their own color, each figure mm-hmm. had their own color, and I had conditions written off on the side. So, I do recommend that you do get some sort of mat because you yeah. you really can't play D and D without the mat. At least you can't play D and D by the rules without the mat. In the category of miniatures, Aldo found some fantastic minis for you guys to use. I think he actually yes. custom some of these. Yeah, custom all of them that he sent us. Yeah, yeah, not just through a custom paint job, but I mean actually like right. he, like uh, solder Queen's Rebellious daughter with the throwing rock. You know, he he did all that stuff. I'm shocked how much they look like the concepts you guys came up with. Characters, my players are yeah, interested in finding. Them. Yeah, my <laughs> players are interested in finding some minis that match their concept as well. But we've not had any luck. Can you or your listeners recommend a good way to find a great mini match? Uh, yes. Buy your own minis and make them yourself because you're not the you know they can't. Part part of the brilliance of of Dungeons and Dragons is that you have your X axis and you have your Y axis. Dwarf fighter, sure you probably find that, but dwarf rogue, although I have one, that's a lot gonna be a lot harder to find. And then dwarf multi class battle mind sorcerer going to be a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Definitely, if you have a particular way that you like to describe your character, it's going to be very difficult to do that. So. I would urge people to not place too much importance on what their mini looks like. If you've seen Critical Hit throughout our history, um, people have gone through different minis, and every once in a while we'll find one where we're like, oh, this looks a whole lot more like Orem than the the one we had previously. So we switched to that one. Actually, I think that happened for Torque and maybe Smith as well. Mm -hmm. A couple of times. One thing that I recommend is 
at least at the last point that I was actually drawn to build a mini. I'm not a soldering iron kind of guy. I like having fingers. But I found that uh, whenever I went to uh, my particular comic store, Hunt, Tune, Engage, Topeka Gatekeeper Hobbies, and I would look in the uh, the mini figures, you would find like hero clicks and stuff, and you could always find a Hawkeye or a Red Arrow or a Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. You could find guys with swords. You could find guys in you know throwing stances. And I actually worked with just crazy glue and paint and made some pretty entertainingly phenomenal stuff, right. just out of the plastic you know figures. And those are relatively cheap if you know where to shop. The other thing is, is you can probably find. Um, some either metal or either just straight up cut up a cardboard thing that's going to be one inch in diameter and go to your Photoshop or GIMP or whatever, find an image online or make your own image, draw something, scan it in and then make a little pog that looks like your character. And then, you know, every time you look down at it, there's going to be your character giving a like, and then you can do that thing that Wizards does where you print a red version on the opposite side to show that he's bloodied if you really want to. Don't don't gimp. Gimp is awful. Also, I suppose you could always go online and someone would probably build them for you for a cost. Yeah, true. Or you can start your own podcast and have somebody really be a liking to it, like Aldo, and send yes. them to your friends. Yes, that, that is actually what we recommend, because this worked really yeah. well for us. Yes, yes. Start your own kick-ass D&D podcast, These, and then uh, get people to give you stuff for free. These uh, six... Uh, Six mini miniatures have really paid for everything that we've put in for. Yeah, pretty yes. much. <laughs> and if but you know where to fantastic. shop, I, I think they the Games amazing. Pit has one-legged dwarf kits, so you can do that as well. <laughs> hey, all there at the table and Skype. I recently bought a bunch of dice since I don't like relying on others for them, and it got me thinking. I was wondering, what sort of dice rituals and superstitions, if any, <laughs> that you follow? Insert obligatory joke about Brian here. <laughs> well, we've all heard Matthew scold his dice for bad performance, among other things. I was also wondering, okay, so I'll answer that question. Oh, yeah. uh, have you gamed with other people who have rather extreme dice habits? Right. <laughs> nope. I was going to um, say maybe there is something to it because I don't. I'm I not never very much so. I'm just a drama queen. I mean, I will verbally castigate my dice the same way I yell at Rob. But, you know, it's the thing about a die for me is. Yes, wear and tear does affect the way they roll. And yes, you can, in fact, get dice that are badly made or badly loaded. But what it breaks down to is, is honestly, it's still pretty much a 1 in 20 shot. So if I have a particular die, I may throw it in the bag and yell at it and pull another one. But in the back of my head, I know that logically that was just, you know, that was a completely ridiculous thing to do. That's like if I trip and fall and yell at my wife. You know, it, it, it's, it's a perfectly human response. But it's not necessarily something you do. So I don't know if I have a ritual so much as I got lucky a few years ago in that someone stole all my dice. Hmm. So I got to walk into the store with a budget and a plan and buy all new dice. And I bought all dice that were the same color of red and I bought a red bag and I have all these dice together. And it's like, for me, having everything be color coordinated was important. So I throw out my dice that aren't red now. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, you know, hey, I might break the color scheme. I also wear my lucky socks to the game. I've actually got kind of the same color coordination thing going on. Uh, though it's a little different. Like, my dice are obviously not color coordinated. I've got he's, a random smattering he's of dice from everyone. I don't take them, people. Leave them, and I collect oh. them after the fact. <laughs> I, never I set my bag down for a second, Rob. That is not leaving them. <laughs> Anyways, that is highway robbery. I 
actually match the color of my D20 to whatever power I'm using. So, like, when I rolled the Frost Flash in the encounter, either today or last week, whichever one you're listening to, I'm not sure. <laughs> Hard to tell. Yeah. And now uh, I grabbed the swirly blue and white die that would match more of a cold feel to it. When I used Thorn Whip, I started to use the green die. When I was using Thorn Whip previously in the encounter, I was not using the green die, and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Allow me to start respectfully <sighs> by saying, that's cool, and also, What? Yeah, I, I completely understand that it is utterly crazy. However, <laughs> That's it seems Rob. to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you have to turn off the lights three times before you leave a room. I've, I am mildly obsessive-compulsive, yes. You know, I've talked about before how you will pick up a power for a character, and that power works so well for that character. You will always roll high on it, or some power or ability, because the, it's like that character is meant to be good at it, regardless of what your bonus actually is. I've had characters yep. who are like that. That, that to me, sometimes extends to dice. Um, yeah. Sometimes, you know, if you, uh, if you say, okay, well, my character is a, is a cleric, but he has a mean streak, so you pick out your white d20, and you roll that, but then when he gets bloody or when he gets mad, you switch to your black d20 <laughs> and start rolling that. Um, if nothing else, it's a little thing to keep my brain entertained, you know, while other yeah, people are yeah, taking yeah. their turns. But uh, sometimes, you know, it ridiculously seems to work. Uh, obviously, because probability says that, it will sometimes line up with your own crazy brain. Yep. <laughs> and for those of you that really buy into the whole magic rituals and you want to have a set of dice like Matthew for $100, we, you can ship us your dice, and yep. we will have Matthew bless them, and we will send uh, them back to you. We will have <laughs> photographic proof. Uh, if you want to get into that, uh, please contact oh. us, podcast, <laughs> at MajorSpoilers.com. I'll rub them, rub them on my feet. And or so if you feel like you did something to Brian. Oh, yeah, if you want to curse Brian somebody for $200. If you, if you want to curse $200, we will curse your dice and have Brian uh, throw a curse Whereas if you want to send Brian lucky dice to see if you can overcome Brian's ridiculously bad luck. Not going to happen. So there you go. Hey, $100 or $200. If you want to buy into that, go right ahead. Please contact us. Another question. One more. I think we got time for one more. My question is for those of you who have had experience creating a world for a campaign you've run. I have a few friends interested in a long-term campaign and I'm more than willing to do it, but at the moment I'm stuck. This kind of goes back to the last one, but while I have a setting made up, I don't have a plot. I'm finding it difficult to find a hook to start my players to get their characters to meet and begin an adventure that will require them to travel the world. I want to avoid the typical tropes of, you're in a tavern, or uh, the apparently more current, you are hired as caravan guards. Yep. How do you go about introducing a quest to a world that you've created? The plan is to go from level one to however long we can keep it going, and I want them to feel like they grow and experience the world with a mission that ties in from the start. I think it kind of depends on what you and your characters want. And I yeah. I kind of like Rodrigo's theory in that um, big parts of the, our campaign are actually pulled from the character's backstory. So it may be worth talking to the players and saying, hey, you know, tell me about this character. What does he, she, or it want? And see if there's any hooks there you can rip off. Also, worth noting, one of the most successful campaigns that I ever ran was based on the initial premise of, I don't know what you're going to do, I don't know how you're going to get there, but I have a clear picture in my head of the apartment building that the monkeys lived in back in their 1966 television show, and that is where you start. (laughs) You are in the monkey's pad, you know, and I didn't tell them that. But in my head, I imagined the monkey's pad, and I had that clear picture of 
that's the tone of where we're going. And then the players fed me stuff and we went places. Um, I think there's there's lots of places where you can start with this. Certainly, it... it uh, well, let me backtrack a little bit. <laughs> I'm a little bit concerned about you coming up with a, a, a setting for an adventure world and not being able to come up with any hooks. That might be an indication that your adventure world is not adventure enough. <laughs> um, because there should be some kind of if not overarching evil, then some behind-the-seams evil that's about to burst through the seams. And, and, and you might want to incorporate that in. So that's the first. And that would be a plot-driven thing where all the characters are basically all of a sudden boxed up into the plot and they have to find their way out or get back to what they actually want to do. Um, the other one is, like they've said, is start out with the characters and find... There's going to be one of them whose backstory is problematic enough within the, a game world context that it can <laughs> suck in the rest of the players. He just called you a problem, Brian. Meh. I mean, that's what you want. In a game, yes. you want conflict. Outside of the game, I want to slap you all. <laughs> that's why I live four hours away. Yeah, I know. One of these days, he's going to be yes. bad enough. He's going to drive those four hours to spend. Oh, I know. People just love critical hits. So one more. <laughs> Hi there. I have a question mainly for Rodrigo, but also for anyone else who has an opinion. Myself and a group of D&D friends recently just started, started a brand new campaign. I'm the DM. Thought it would be a good idea to chat with my players individually about their characters and backgrounds so I could work that into the story. Mm -hmm. well, this is a good uh, series of questions all about story building, mm -hmm. creation. After speaking with all of them, I found out that their characters are virtually identical with the only difference being their names and some trivial details. For example, three of the four have the same daily powers, two of the four have the same encounter powers. None of my players have been in any trouble at all in the past, but they all refuse to change their characters and just want to start the new campaign. Not really comfortable with running a campaign where the heroes are very similar. I take oh. it that there's no rule against this, so what can I do? Bearing in mind that I want to do the campaign as much as they do. Right. Thank you, Jack in the UK. That is awesome. How do you have a party that has so many matching stuff and actually have a party? Party. Um, well, they're all you know, wizards. They're all well, yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Is, they're you know, all the, actually. The roles are, are as much a suggestion as anything yeah. else. Yeah, so if they have a bunch of fighters, um, then but. they could all have the same powers. Um, yeah. And there are other ways, but that would require character concepts that are so. Yeah, right. Like, you know, that are actually sharing space. Maybe the they universe. all belong to the same gang growing up. and um, they all have. So here's what I would say. I think that the whole point of the roles in 4th edition and the whole point of even having different classes is to give everybody a niche. It's niche protection. Right. Yes. Um, so you can talk to your players about the fact that if they all are able to do the same thing, then they're all going to be the same character and yeah. they're all going to be stepping over each other's toes. So that's one. Two, the other thing is, is you're the game master. You're running this game. If you go to your players and say, hey, your characters are too similar. I need at least a couple of you to pitch me a new characters. And they say, no, we just want to start the game. Then you say, well, do you guys know anybody else who would be interested in playing? I mean, you don't want to put it that way, you know, necessarily. But you're the game master. If you tell them to change their characters, they have to change their characters. You don't have to run a game for them. <laughs> it comes across really mean. But it's true. Just tell them yep. to change their characters. And if they don't, then they can't play. Now, from the, the hippy-dippy, pat-on-the-head uh, management perspective, for me, again, not a 4th edition dungeon master, and, you know, I would probably, 
have the same problems if I knew the rules that we're actually breaking. But for me, if you have four characters who do virtually the same thing, and you have four different players, in theory, you're going to get something different out of those four. And to me, it would be one of those things where never, ever, 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 ever try to kill your player characters. But a little bit of healthy competition between those characters could lead to a situation where they're forced to diversify in the game itself. I mean, if they're insisting and you really want to play the game and you don't have a giant moral problem or, like Rodrigo said, you don't necessarily want to step up and be that authority figure, there's no reason why you couldn't make that an intentional plot point. You have these four characters and X person wants somebody who's the best there is at what they do, so they get four Wolverines and they have these four Wolverines, you know, do what they do to try and prove which of these Wolverines is more Wolverine-y than the other Wolverines. Have them fight Magneto. And, well... And Something like that, and yet then at that point you have the option of killing a couple of them, at which point they'll be forced to come up with a new character, and you can take them aside and say, look, we're not doing this again, I need you to give me something different. The, the, the issue with that is that within the context of the story, having a, a rivalry can be very cool. Yes. But outside the context of the story, if they if those guys literally want their character to be the best there is at what he does and he's not, <laughs> you've lost them. You've lost that game. You know, the, know. A, a big part of the chemistry of Critical Hit is the fact that even though Orem's a big magic guy and Randa's is a big magic guy, everything else that they do is different enough, the way they approach it and everything, that you know they're not actively getting in each other's faces about who gets to roll arcana <laughs> um because there are things that are obviously should be randos rolling them and obviously should be rolling them i do think that you can't have two characters that are identical and get an completely different experience out of both characters certainly but when you start getting into four or five characters that are completely identical you're gonna have to you're gonna start running into problems i think all right, everybody, that about wraps it up for this week's show. Thank you. It's glad we could get in some listener comments in uh, this week and uh, spend some time listening all the uh, uh, answering all the listener email. If you would like to send in some questions, all you have to do is send us an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Again, if you want uh, cursed dice or blessed dice, we do have that offer going on as well. For a limited uh, time. It is a limited time. That's why the price is high. If you want to support uh, Major Spoilers in, in other ways, you can head over to Majorspoilers.com, Major Spoilers being the group that puts on this Critical Hit podcast. Uh, head over there, and we have um, some different types of donations you can make. You can make a one-time mm -hmm. donation. You can make a recurring donation of 2 5 or $10 a month. Or if you'd like to buy some uh, merchandise, head over to Majorspoilers.com slash store. We've got a brand-new mm -hmm. Critical Hit T-shirt. It's the Critical Hit logo T-shirt that's up there. Don't worry. It's not a limited edition T-shirt. We'll probably only have those come out around Christmas time. Although considering that uh, how we have this episode coming out, it might be close to Christmas time by now. <laughs> yeah. And re remember, if you want to make sure that your donation goes specifically to Critical Hit, the way to do that is to donate because we're all the same guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we do the same thing. So any donation you make to Critical Hit obviously goes to Critical Hit. We appreciate every one of them. Yep, that is indeed correct. So until next time, from Matthew, Rob, Brian, and Rodrigo, I'm Stephen Singh. Here's hoping all of your dice rolls are critical hits.
Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply.